Second Corinthians eight, verse nine. Let's read the word of God and pray for his assistance and understanding. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Father, to you and you alone we come, our defender and redeemer and friend. And Father, I pray that um, as massive as this verse is, you will open our hearts by the power of your Spirit that we may plunge into a depth that will be steadfast and firm, absolute humility and in awe of what You have done, Father, what You are doing, and the overwhelming understanding that You allow us the privilege of being a part of it. Thank You, my King, for Your Word, for Your Church, for Your Spirit, for our redemption. To you and you alone, our King. Amen. We're looking at this, and I laid out where we were going last week, and it starts there in verse 9, for you know. That phrase ties it back to verse 8. Verse 8 says, and the earnestness of others and the sincerity of your love also. He's speaking of the earnestness of the love of the Macedonians gave. You do it. In the process of going through the first eight verses dealing with what the Macedonians were doing, he comes to his head who was the greatest example of love and in that example of love, what did he give? And I started into this thing last week that there are many people who are wealthy who will give, but they will never give to drive themselves into poverty. Okay? But Christ became poor. For you know, he says, you know this. You know that your giving is a reflection of your love. And he had laid out the illustration of the Macedonians. But now he moves to the greatest illustration of love and giving and the giving of the ultimate gift. He uses the name Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, curios, above all. Above all. That's the name, and the name above all names. What? Lord. He is Lord of lords. There is nothing above Him. Jesus, Yeshua, who will save His people from sin. Christ. The Hebrew word is Messiah. It means anointed. It means God's king. Okay? That's who he's talking about here. And then he makes this statement that though he was rich, stop right there. Though he was rich. And I have watched this. Some of the men that I named earlier, they like this phrase because they always want to interpret this What are we talking about his riches? Well, he has chariots and, you know, really? Most of the people that I hear who deal with this text, and I've read some amazing scholars. You know what? John Calvin's got it completely wrong. 
I know you didn't think you'd ever hear me say that. I've got his commentary and I read through his commentary and I'm like, there's no way this is about poverty. But that's what John Calvin believes. And I'm like, nah, you can't put that peg in that hole. It's not anything to do with temporal. Who's he talking about? God. Jesus Christ is God. Okay, it's talking about his riches. When you think about his riches, what do you think of? His glory, his eternal glory. What he's talking about here is the eternality of Christ. He's talking about the pre-existence of Christ. That's his riches. He is one of the eternal Trinity. There's a study. Anytime you see ology, and you put another word in front of it, it's the study of. Okay? There's a study called theology, the study of God. There's another study called Christology. Okay? And when you study Christology, you will understand the eternality of Christ. But you also stand the fact that He is eternal is the most Christian, the most central and the most critical truth of Christology. Okay? That is the gospel. Jesus is eternal. Now, we, we also think, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Do you understand what that means? There has never been a moment when Jesus Christ did not exist. Please understand that. Okay, now, I'll give you a waiver on it. Not always in human form. But He's always been there. Most people, theologians, remember when the two angels came to Abraham and go down and talk to the people in Sodom and Gomorrah? Okay, remember two of them go down? What's the third one do? Hangs out with Abraham? Remember, that's what he says. If there's a hundred people down there righteous, well, how about if we get down to five? Okay. Most people believe that that was Christ. He's the number two member of the Trinity. He is eternal, and it is the most crucial thing that you can deal with. And let me tell you something. A number of the people that I mentioned earlier attack this. Kenneth Copeland believes... He believes that he was an absolute man until the dove of the Holy Spirit came upon him when he was baptized. What did you just do? Where I come from, they call that heresy. Okay? Many attack the de- The Jews today if you see a practicing Jew, believe that Jesus was a prophet, which makes him a man. So does Islam. So does the Mormons. See, I just go down the list, and they're attacking, is he eternal? Yes, absolutely. That's his riches. So many attack the deity of Christ and it comes from Christianity and it's our foundation. And yet some of us in the church, it's not that big a deal. Really? It is the heart of who we are. 
He must be eternal or he is not God. You got that? That does put a wrinkle in the redemption picture, doesn't it? If he is not eternal, he is a creature who came into existence by another creature, which makes him a created being if he is not eternal. False Christianity, we used to call them cults, believe that he's some kind of an angel, makes him a created being. He's a sub-god. He's a practicing God. Or you can go with Copeland and say he was a man who God poured his spirit upon and at that time took on the form of deity. Anything other than he is eternal God is a lie from the pit of hell. You got that? I will not compromise that. I will not. He is not created. And we would think that that wouldn't be an issue 2,000 years out. And it is. It still is. There is no moment He did not exist. He is eternal God. Now, listen, you got to get a hold of this. Wrap your head around this. He is not dependent on any other for his existence, not even on God the Father. He is self-existence. He is eternal. That's why when he said, I am, they wanted to kill him. Why? I am self-existent. I am dependent on no other. Everyone in this room is dependent on something. Christ isn't. Christ isn't. Now listen, I'm going to give you a little footnote on this because they attack this thing in so many stinking ways. It's, it's, it's a tragedy. It's not enough to say that he was pre-existent. Okay, that's one of the ones they like to use. Uh, many a heretic have said that. Okay. He is both pre-existent and he is also eternal. He existed before his incarnation and he is eternal. His eternally and deity are inseparable. All right. He, listen, he cannot be God and not be eternal. All right. The, the Mormons believe that God is created. He was created by another God, was created by another God. And, and I, I, you just sit there and you go, well, wait a minute. And that's that's why if you really do good here, you'll get to be a little God and you can have your own little piece of creation somewhere and you can. Torment them. Okay? That's what they believe. And they say, well, it's just a different form of Christianity. Yeah, they call it heresy. Perfect. Okay. If, okay, now, if, if he is eternal, which he is, he therefore is God. Right? 
So when it states here in verse 9, he was rich, Jesus therefore was rich. He is rich as the eternal God is rich. That's a serious bank account right there now. Okay, I mean, when you can pay your preaching taxes with coins out of a fish, dude, you got it. Okay? He is, and I wrote this, and I'm thinking it's satirical. He is only as rich as God is. Okay? Do I need to really define that? Jesus is as rich as God is rich. Why? Because He is the eternal God. Okay? Now, do we understand that in every sense, He is equal? A little footnote, the thing that I got my underwear and a bunch over over the Holy Spirit, in every sense, He is equal? All right? I... And, and, you know, people say, well, you know, you kind of, all right, let me, let me tell you what the Bible says about it. Okay. We go back a few years and see what the Bible says about Jesus. Micah chapter five, verse two. But as for you, Bethlehem, too little to be among the clans of Judah from you. One will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago. See, that's pre-existence. But then he says this, from the days of eternity. That was a few years ago, wasn't it? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God. And we all sing that. Oh, great. Okay, sing the next one. Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. How long is Eternal Father? That's God. In John's Gospel, chapter 1... It says, the Word was with God. The Word was God. Okay? In John's Gospel, chapter 8, this is where Jesus got Himself in a little problem. Verse 58, He says, Before Abraham was born, I am. John 17, verse 5, Restore to me in His... This is what I call the Lord's Prayer. Um, restore to me the glory I had with you before the world began. John chapter 10, verse 30. I and the Father are one. You know, I love that. That's just a cursory thing that I did. And people tell me, out of the Pentecostal movement, that he never claimed to be God. What in the heck is that? You just look at him and smile real big and say, have you not read anything? Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, 
the firstborn of all of creation, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Word firstborn there, the supreme one. You get that? He created all things, and He created all things for Him. So when you start thinking about His riches, open up your head and start thinking about it. When you think about His riches, He's eternal, therefore all that God owns is His. All that God created, He created. I and the Father are one. Before Abraham was born, I am. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. (laughs) That's mind boggling. All that God is in bodily form. And if you think about it, Matthew's gospel starts off with his genealogy. Okay, royal birth. Matthew's gospels ends with the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? Okay, Lo, I am with you, Ollie. All authority on heaven and earth has been given unto me. Okay, but what he does, Matthew starts it off and says, here's his royal birth. Then he goes through step by step and shows that he has absolute authority over everything. The visible and the invisible. The natural and the unnatural. He just goes through. He raises the dead. He makes, you just makes the lame walk. The blind can see. He walks on water. He stops storms. He heals an abstentia. That's what I always call it. Okay, you believed your daughter did up. I'm not even going to have to go over to the house. Okay, but you see what I'm trying to say? It turns water to wine. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Why? Check it out. What authority doesn't he have? The demons didn't wrestle with him. They asked, what are you doing now? (laughs) Aren't you early? Please don't do this to me. Put me in the pig. That is amazing to me. And yet people will say, well, but he never claimed to be God. Oh. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 and following. uh, Hebrews. He is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. He's the express image of God. And it all holds together because of Him. I remember I, I was uh, in, uh, taking electronics in college. <laughs> and, and I had a professor and he was giving me the theory of electricity and how it works. But he was smart enough to say it's a theory. Why? Because nobody's seen it. Uh, we know if it's wrong. We see the result of wrong electricity. Uh, some people call that welding. Okay. Um, 
And it's usually very fast and, well, we're done now. <laughs> okay. But I know where the problem is. But he was telling me, he says, well, what happens is, is you got these little atoms and, and the electrons are just kind of spinning off onto the next one and to the next one. And you know that they're doing this at the speed of light. And so it's just like this going down there. And I said, well, yeah, okay. And he said, well, you know, like it's because uh, opposites attract and, and, uh, and similars repel. And I said, well, then how's come the nucleus stays together? He said, what? I said, well, isn't that all positive charged? He said, yeah. I said, why does it stay together if they're supposed to repel each other? Why are you asking me that? Because you said it. I'm just repeating what you said. Well, we usually split the atom. That's where we get a nuclear bomb. But you said that they should be repelling. How come they stay together? Well, science hasn't figured that out yet. So this is a really hokey theory you got. They, they, they love me in class. Well, I just don't, that don't make sense to me, man. All right. When I read this out of Hebrews, the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. He became, having become much better than the angels, he has inherited a more excellent name, they say. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Okay, no, this is not. He was created. I've already showed you that. He says when he made purifications for sin. How did he do that? Took on the veil of humanity. Born of a woman. That's next week in his poverty. Why? Because he stepped out of this. He is eternal God. He, and as eternal God is... He is as rich as eternal God. Okay? Well, let me give you a couple things to think about. These are things that kind of cross through my mind when I rest and say, He is eternal. He is preexistent. He is God. Okay? Here's where I stop. God owns everything. Got it? God owns existence. God owns all, hear me well, all power. God owns all authority. God owns all sovereignty. God owns all glory. God owns all honor. And God owns all majesty. He owns all that is created. And He owns all that is uncreated. What does Jesus own? Same thing. So when you say, though He was rich... Do you realize what you're saying? The wealth of our Lord Jesus Christ is beyond your or my comprehension. It is boundless. It is infinite. We can't grasp it. I can't grasp it. He owns all the planets. He owns all the space in between the planets. He owns light. You ever think about that? He owns time. He created it. 
If it's created, who owns it? He does. It just starts getting bigger. You start getting your head go, oh, oh, I think I'm going to take a walk down the bike trail. Oh, he owns that too. I'm trespassing. <laughs> it is beyond our comprehension. You can't grasp it. I'm seeing these satellites. Is it Voyager, the one that just left our solar system? And it's still radioing back. Hey, well, I, I can't. See, men still don't ask for directions. <laughs> Turn around, fool. <laughs> You're going the wrong way. I remember when they launched it, I think I was, uh, I was way younger than I am now. And, and now, now it's out there wandering around saying, where are we? <laughs> you know that I left before there was a GPS. But anyway, um, I, I look at that and I think, what is that spacecraft? That's just our solar system. And it's out there now cooking along saying, look, mom, no hands. But uh, um, you you think it's moving out. I've seen some of the pictures that come out of the Hubble. And one of these times they're going to get turned right and they're going to see God's eye looking right back at him. And they're going to go, oh, we're being looked at. And I, but you see these pictures and you think, whoa. And then I think about it, and I was like, and he owns all that. It was created by him for him. The psalmist tells me that the desert rose blossoms strictly for his good pleasure. It may never be seen. A human may never ever see it. And it'll bloom. And God sees it and says, that's mine. That is so awesome to me. When I think about the riches of Christ, I can't separate the riches of Christ from the riches of God. It's, it's impossible. I was sitting at the Mediterranean underneath the viaduct that fed, fed into uh, Caesarea. And you kind of come up over this little rise. The beaches on where I was was more of a kind of like a gravelly thing. And so you walk out on this and I look out at the Mediterranean and it's like it's fake blue. I'm like, the ocean ain't that blue, but it is there. Well, that's the Mediterranean Sea. Oh, really? And it's separate from the Atlantic by what? A canal? Anyway, I hear people, well, that's a sea. That's different. Really? Salt water tastes like salt water. But I'll never forget looking at that. And I sit there and I go, Look at that blue. So, you know me, I, I stick my hand in it, it rub off. I mean, I don't know. It's, it don't look blue. Then if you go down to the Caribbean, you'll start seeing around some of the islands, it, it gets almost a turquoise. And you're like, what the heck is that? It's just God throwing paint around. And I mean, think about Job. He's belly aching, and God says, were you there when I flung the stars into the heavens? Those are His. Those are his. So the wealth of our Lord Jesus Christ is only infinite. He is infinite and his wealth is infinite. His wealth is as infinite as his being is. 
Think about it for a second when I said earlier. There is no moment He did not exist. I Have you thought about it? He created time. Did you ever think about that? Oh, and yet every being is bound by it, except him because he created it. Let me give you some of the things that smarter people than me have said. I, I didn't write all the authors down, but this comes from a bunch of authors that I've read over years. Charles Hodge, I remember the first one, made this statement. All the divine names and titles apply to Christ. You ever think about that? He is God. He is mighty God. He is great God. He is God over all. He is Jehovah. He is Lord of Lords. King of Kings. All of the divine attributes are placed on the person of Jesus Christ. All of them. He is declared omnipresent. He is declared omniscient. He is declared almighty. He is declared immutable. For those of you trying to figure out what immutable means, it doesn't mean he can't talk. It means he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is set before us as creator. He is set before us as upholder and ruler of the universe. All things were created by Him, for Him, and by Him all things exist. He is the object of worship. To all and every intellectual creature, even the highest angelic host, have to worship Him. All are commanded to prostrate themselves before Him. He is the object of all religious sentiments, reverence, love, faith, and devotion. And it's all to Him, the Lord Jesus Christ. Men and angels are responsible to Him for their character and their conduct. Everyone. He requires that a man should honor Him as they honor the Father. They should exercise the same faith in Him as they do in God. He declares that He and the Father are one. Those who have seen Him have seen the 
Father. But he never claimed to be God. <laughs> you've seen me, you've seen God, right? Uh, but I'm not God. Gee, many crickets. He calls all men unto him. And by doing that, he promises to forgive their sins, send them the Holy Spirit, give them rest and peace, and to raise them on the last day and give them eternal life. Listen, God. God is no more and cannot promise more or do more than Christ is said to do. Did you get that? God is no more and cannot promise more and do more than Christ is said to do. His riches? Really? He was rich, Paul says. Rich? The Lord Jesus Christ is rich in the sense that He is God. That makes Him pretty wealthy, actually, if you think about it. I mean, just ponder it for a second. You're like, wow, that's... That's a ton bunch of possessions you've got there. He is God. He is as rich as God is rich. And I'll close with just this thought. His riches, when Paul talks about he was rich, he was rich, right? Think of it this way. And I can give it to you in just a brief statement. He only possesses all eternity and all it contains. Simple statement. Think about it. That's kind of a lot. That is Jesus Christ. So when you read this, and, I, and I've read it some that you, honorable men. I mean, I, I read Calvin on this and I was disappointed. Okay. And I was, I'm sorry. He believes that this means we take a vow of poverty. That is not what this means. <laughs> it's, I don't know how you get that if I'm a joint heir with Christ. Okay, I'm not, I'm not sure. What? That means I am an also possessor of all eternity and all it contains. I know. Oh, I hope he doesn't drop it. Right? I mean, are we joint heirs or what? We've been grafted in, he said. We are in the family of God. Alright? So you panic over what? And you're anxious over what? Again, go back to the simple statement. He only possesses all of eternity and all that it contains. That's it. Okay? So then, when we walk from here today, we can look at it and say, Jesus Christ is preexistent and eternal. He is God. Which means He is as rich as God is. That's kind of cool.
I kind of like that idea. You know, I, sorry, I have a bias there. You know, what does he own? All of eternity and all that eternity contains? Other than that, it's not his. Very simple, very easy. We'll pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for my brother Paul. And uh, Father, his yielding to your spirit to pin these downs so that our brains can hurt. I thank you. I thank you that you overwhelm us with who you are. And yet, Father, you overwhelm us with the privilege of being called children of God. Help us, Lord, to understand that. Help us to understand that He left those riches so that we would be partakers and become wealthy. Thank You, my King, my Savior. Thank You. And that seems so inadequate. Thank You. We praise You. We love You. We rejoice in You. Ruler of existence. In Christ's name, Amen.